0: Our symptoms in our bodies are manifestations often of emotional, mental, spiritual things that are out of alignment or, or that, you know, past trauma, things like that. And it's our body trying to speak to us and our body whispers. But if it whispers and whispers and whispers and we keep ignoring, it's going to start screaming.
1: Hey, mama, what do you think of when you hear the word success, fame, status and fortune? What about rocking your baby to sleep or coaching Little League? advocating for your special needs child or mastering meal planning, maybe going back to school or starting your own business. The truth is success looks different for us all, and it may change depending on the season of life you're in. After finding myself in a dark place, I decided to set an example for my two boys by intentionally choosing what I wanted for my life and seeking it, even if it was scary. And now I'm so excited to bring you stories of other moms who are living out their version of success. I plan to ask these incredible women not only about their journeys, but how they are making it through the madness and the magic that we all know as motherhood. So, whether your assistant just brought you a hot espresso or you're rocking your baby on a third cup of reheated coffee, settle in and get ready for some goodness. I'm Shannon Carruthers, and this is the Successful Mama Podcast. Hey mama, and welcome to this week's episode of the Successful Mama Podcast. I am your host, Shannon Carruthers, If you are new here, I want to say welcome. I'm so glad you've joined us. A little bit about the podcast, what you can expect is that every week I bring on a new mom, we do a quick interview and talk about her story, what it means for her to be successful. And the fact that that looks different for all of us, and it's up to you to define your own success. I also am a habit and success coach for moms, so I do solo episodes where I do a little bit of coaching, a little bit of storytelling, and just talk about applicable steps that you can take in your own life to create action and movement, even in the chaos of motherhood. So if this episode today, if you love it, or maybe if you don't, if this is not the right topic for you, make sure you scroll back in the archives and check out some of the other great guests we've had, the solo episodes, I'm sure you'll find something that you enjoy. Without further ado, I want to get into today's guest and tell you a little more about her. My friend Emily Willis is a nurse practitioner. She has a local business here in Huntsville. She's going to tell us more about that. But on this um, on this journey today, on our interview, we talk about, of course, her, her story in motherhood and how she ended up where she is, her movement through becoming a nurse practitioner, but also how that kind of took a turn and she is now in the holistic realm of things and and the way that she applies that in her practice. And so I do want to give you a bit of a heads up. If you have little ears around, you may want to consider listening to a different episode this week. Um, We don't talk about anything bad, but we do talk about things that might cause some little ones to ask questions. So keep that in mind, use your discretion as you choose to move forward with the episode. But I will say it's a good one. I really enjoyed this conversation. I learned a lot. I got to ask some questions and be really curious. And Emily did a great job of just explaining the things that she uses in her practice and why those are relevant to you as a woman. Also, a quick reminder before we get started, make sure you are following the podcast at Successful Mama Podcast over on Instagram. You can send me a DM just to say hi or to share a topic or maybe questions that you have for upcoming guests. I would love to hear from you. And maybe you're a mom who has a story to share herself. I would love to know more about you and your story and see if you're a good fit. So reach out to me on there. Without further ado, let's get into this episode. Well, hello, Miss Emily. Hi. Welcome to the podcast. So excited that we've finally gotten yes. to do this. We've been talking about it for a long mm-hmm. time. So um, I'm glad you're here.
0: And y'all, I want to just give Emily a chance to introduce herself. So, all right. So. My name is Emily Willis. I am the owner of Wim Space Healing Center, which is a holistic gynecology office here in Huntsville. I am a mama of three. Uh, I have one boy, my oldest, who's a freshman in high school, and I have two girls, a sixth grader and a fourth grader. Awesome. Well, I want to, I'm so excited about this
1: episode because I feel like we are going to get into some things that are not necessarily something that we're going to (laughs) talk about on a lot of other episodes. Mm -hmm. Well, with that, let's get started and get into your story. So I want okay. to go back with you. Um, we were talking before the podcast because I think a lot of women, a lot of people, you know, don't have a clue of what they want to do when they grow up. Right. I still sometimes don't know <laughs> what I want to do when I grow up. And that's totally okay, right? Yes. Um, but for you, it was a little
0: different. So take me back to yeah. when you knew. So I always knew as far as I can remember uh, that I wanted to be a nurse. Um, so I took a class as a senior in high school to become a nursing assistant. So it was a year long class and we did, uh, clinicals in the local hospital we learned how to do simple things like, you know, take vital signs, but also, um, you know, give baths, help people ambulate, things like that. So I graduated from high school already with that certification and that, and then I went on to nursing school and I continued to work throughout nursing school as a nursing assistant. That's awesome. Was there something before that, like, in your childhood, or did you know a nurse, or was there anything like that, or you just kind of wandered into that and loved it? I don't remember knowing a nurse. I know that that was actually something my mom told me she had considered uh, early on, but then she wasn't very good with blood and gross things. Same. So she ended up being a teacher, which, I mean, with kids, there's often blood and gross things as well. But um, yes. other than that, no, I don't really remember... You know, they're being like, oh, there's this person I looked up to that did it. I, I don't know. I just always wanted to do it. I love that. Super cool. Um, so from there, you went to college. Yes. Obviously. I went to UNC Charlotte in North Carolina, where I met my ex-husband in 2000. And I graduated in 2001 with my bachelor's in nursing. Um, And then we moved to Arizona, where he got a job as an engineer, and we lived there until 2009. Our son was born there; Uh, we call him our little desert baby. Um, And then, when he was six months old, we, uh, my husband at the time, got a job in Huntsville because he's an engineer, and of course. There's like a bajillion jobs for engineers here. So we wanted to get closer to family because all my family and his are in North Carolina. So we moved up here in October 2009. And then we had my daughter in 2012. Awesome. Mm -hmm. And so what was that move like for you? Was that pretty smooth? Or were
1: you working during this time?
0: I had been working as a nurse practitioner. Uh, I kind of skipped that. So I went back (laughs) to school. In 2006, uh, when I married my um, ex-husband, and then I completed that, and I could graduate in 2008. Okay. So I'd only been working a couple, I'd only worked a month when I found out I was pregnant with my son. In hindsight, that was probably not the best idea, but I thought, oh, it'll take a while to get pregnant. You know, it's fine. Nope, pregnant, first try, there we go. So I'm very pregnant and sick at my first nurse practitioner job, and I had him in March of 2009. Uh, took 12 weeks off, and then he got this transfer opportunity in October, and so we left. But we had lived there for four years. Okay. Um, so I was there quite a while. And then we moved to Hunts. Well, we actually moved to Decatur a few months first, and we b- bought in Meridianville. And then, uh, yeah, I, it took me about a year to find a nurse practitioner job here, actually. So I was a stay-at-home mom, and that is the first time I learned— and there were many more that I'm not a stay-at-home mom person. Um, say, say more about that. Why are you not a stay-at-home mom person? Well, you know, it. it I, and obviously, I mean, I, I love being a mama and I loved being with my son. But we moved here and I didn't know anyone, like anyone. And we had no family. So it was very isolating. I didn't have any conversations with anybody. Uh, So when he would get home, it was just like, oh, my gosh, there's an adult. Yeah. Can actually have a conversation. All I've been doing is like changing diapers and breastfeeding all day. And so I felt like my brain was like degrading (laughs) and turning into a sponge. And I hadn't been a nurse practitioner that long at that point. And so I really was wanting to practice and get out and learn more. So, like I said, it did take almost a year, but I finally found a uh, part time work as a nurse practitioner. And that's what I did um, all the way until uh, the spring of 2020 when, of course, COVID and everything hit. Yeah. Well, that's awesome.
1: And I think, I think moms, stay at home moms everywhere can relate Kudos to that because, to these ladies, my goodness. I, okay. So, I think during that period of life, I felt the overwhelm I felt because mm-hmm. I stayed at home. Let me think. I stayed at mm-hmm. home from the time my oldest was nine months old. Until he was seven when I, I'm still at home, you know, now mm. I'm working this. But yeah, right. it, it was quite a long time. But especially during those early years, mm. I remember my husband walking in the door and me just like throwing up all yeah. the words, he, all he the things. He called it verbal diarrhea. Oh, yeah. He's
0: like, it's oh just emotion. Gosh. It's just so much. I need so to much... sit down and relax. So yeah, but you've been talking to people all day.
1: Yeah, no. <laughs> I've
0: been talking. I've been singing lullabies. Exactly.
1: And... <laughs> I need conversation. And then like you go out and you're trying to interact with regular people who maybe don't have little kids and you just you don't
0: remember how to adult like there's no No. conversation i literally felt like my brain was turning to mush Uh
1: uh-huh yeah so it's challenging for sure (laughs) all you stay-at-home mamas out there it is a season it is um especially those little years Mm, you will get through it you're amazing Mm -hmm. stick with it you got this yeah Um, Okay, so you found a nurse practitioner job, you began that. And tell me about the time
0: while you're doing this, you still felt confident in this is what you wanted to do? Oh, absolutely. I had been a labor and delivery nurse. um, Oh, I didn't say that I was a labor (laughs) and delivery nurse when I graduated in 2001. And I did that I actually loved that so much that even when I became a nurse practitioner, I still did that PRN. Because I loved being with women when they when they gave birth. And, and PRN so, just for people that are not familiar? As needed. So I think the minimum was one shift a month, but mm-hmm. I usually did a couple I, I always worked night shift as well, which is way more exciting because all the babies love to come out at night mostly. Yes. So um I-, I still did that. Um when we moved to Alabama I did stop doing that uh, because at that point I'd had a baby and it was really hard uh, to, you know, be up all night working and then take care right. of your baby all day. Right, you're already not getting there, sleep. Yeah. There was no sleep. <laughs> yeah, um, but I, I really enjoyed both. But the, the, the reason I went back to nurse practitioner school was, you know, in labor and delivery, you only see women either the best moment of their life or the worst moment of their life. And it's in this very high, like, energy and um, it's just – I don't want to say like the ER, but it's just like an adrenaline pumping situation. Yeah. And you only see the women for that, like your 12-hour shift and that's it. Like maybe if you work a couple of days in a row and they're still there, you might see them for right. a few days. Um, I didn't see them through their pregnancy. I didn't see them afterwards, you know. And, and I wanted that comprehensive look at women where, I mean, now I have, you know, I have my youngest patient's 10. Because she's got her period and she wanted to talk to me about her period and what she could do to make it better and what's normal and what's not. And then my oldest patient has been 93. So we're completely different seasons of life. And now I have a lot of moms and daughters, actually, which is really beautiful to see. Um, Not just like teenage daughters and perimenopausal women, but adult you know moms themselves and grandma like yeah they're all coming in and wow. to getting to follow them through that or seeing them when they first you know start out as a teenager and then now they're married and they're gonna have a baby and so you get that that mm-hmm. connection and that, and that relationship continuity of care yeah right. absolutely that's really cool my
1: my little sister is a labor and delivery nurse mm-hmm. she works night shift mm-hmm. and so i've heard plenty of the stories. shout out to olivia hi <laughs> i know she's listening um and so, yeah, I, I mm-hmm. definitely could see the difference in why you would enjoy that side yeah. of things as well because yeah. um, it, it takes a special person to do
0: that job for it sure. Does. And I, I do miss that. Um, I did go back and briefly do it at Crestwood um, between jobs for about six months. Yeah. Um, but, you know, with kids – and I've thought about doing midwifery, but, again, I've got three kids. So right. doing what I do, I actually – in my opinion, get the best of both worlds. I mean, I'm not there right at that delivery moment anymore, right. but I get everything before and everything after. Yes, that's and awesome. I get to love on those cute little babies when mama comes back. So I love that. I love so,
1: it. So, um, so now do you, you don't deliver though, or attend births
0: and mm-hmm. in any way, because you're no. doing the care before and the care yeah. after just to clarify. Nurse practitioners can, if you complete your midwifery degree, I okay. did not complete that portion because again, um, I worked with a lot of midwives in Tucson, so there are a lot more um, birthing centers and home deliveries and a lot more um, holistic care for pregnancy. And again, it's a calling because those women, I mean, they work 80 plus hours a week. They're always on call. And again, you know, kudos to them, just like the stay at home moms. It's just not something that I felt like I could do and be a good, the best mama I could be right? um, and get sleep. Yes. Sleep so, is important. So there again, I, you know, <laughs> but I, I love think it. I get the best of both worlds. Yeah.
1: And I love that you really evaluated that for yourself mm-hmm. and for who you are and what you want, you know, yeah. deciding you tried the stay at home mom thing. It wasn't mm-hmm. for you. You realize that like just assessing things along the way as you right. as you went and shifting. And mm-hmm. we're going to talk more about that here in a second. But um, let's keep <laughs> going. Yes. Let's keep going in your story. So you become a mama. Mm-hmm. Your your son is born and you're you begin working again. How is
0: how is that transition? How is newborn life with mama? <sighs> it was really hard. He had um, I had a really difficult delivery. I had preeclampsia, and I had a vacuum delivery and a fourth degree tear. Oh, so wow. I don't know if everybody's familiar with that, but I tore all the way to uh, my anus, and so it was a really hard recovery. And, um, I did take 12 weeks off, but my husband at the time did not. And so, and I did breastfeed him and he did not sleep. I don't know why the boy didn't sleep. Um, he had reflux as well. So he would reflux a lot. And so he was in a lot of pain and we tried a lot of different medications. He was not an easy baby at all. And so it was really, really hard once I went back to work to still be doing that. And, um, It wasn't until he was like two and finally sleeping that I even wanted to consider another baby. Um, And then we had my daughter and it got even harder because I thought my son was a hard baby and he was nothing
1: compared to my
0: daughter and my mom. I still laugh about this every time. Every time she would come up, she's like, I just don't understand. She's like, most people only have like one hard baby, but yours got worse. <laughs> she's like, I've never seen that. I was like, thanks, Thank mom. Thank you.
1: Thank you for that confidence. Yeah, like, so I appreciate that so I was so definitely
0: much. done with the two. Of course, fast forward, I did not know I would be gaining a third child down the road. Um, it was really, really hard. I mean, honestly, part of me wanting to work outside the home was to just escape and have that adult time and use my brain and my education and help women of course um and it made me appreciate my kids more when i got home because i did miss them yeah
1: and and i get that for sure because you know i feel like i'm getting more of that now Mm -hmm. like i get to have adult conversation i get to like you said use my brain and think about things and and focus on stuff that is not Mm -hmm. just learning abcs and you know colors and all that and And it helps me in a lot of ways to become better for them when when
0: you're a better mama, I'm a better mama and a better wife for it, because I work. And that's it's self care for me. Part of that is self care.
1: Exactly. And that's what I was going to say is I think that that's not always the case, which of course, Mm -hmm. you know, is the whole point of this podcast, the whole purpose is to talk about the fact that we all have our different journeys, we Mm -hmm. all have our stories and what success means to us, right. And they can look totally different. And yet we can still learn from one another Mm -hmm. and and have conversation and, and find you know, solidarity and things that we can connect on. So with that, let's move Mm -hmm. into talking. You know, you just said your daughter was a little bit difficult. Um, That was a trying time. Is there anything? Well, let me ask you this. You said you were working outside the home. So you're getting that adult conversation. Yes. Yes. Did you feel like that provided you any support? Did you have a support system at this time? Or did you Mm. feel like you were kind of solo, but that was just giving you Um, Yeah, you know, using your brain and and being able to have that self care? Or was it a form of support?
0: Well, I mean, when I, like I said, when I first moved here, I didn't, our, all my family lives in North Carolina, so I didn't have that support. They did come and visit every month. My parents still to this day do, which was literally life saving at that point in my life. Um, but I had joined some mom's groups and I had met some other mamas, and, you know, my kids had little playmates and things like that. Cause when I could work, I worked part time. So on the days that I didn't work, we could go to play dates and things like that. So I did okay. have some good mama friends that I had gotten. Um, it, you know, and work was great, but it was again, I was working for, companies and doctors um, that really did not let me be autonomous. And at that point, I wasn't very down the woo-woo path or the natural holistic path at that point. But even then it was like, okay, there's it's just, it's not right. And so every couple of years, I'm like, okay, let me go try it. And so I, I have had several different jobs in town. Um, one, I met my best friend. And so we would work together. She was my my nursing assistant. And so she was a huge support to me. Because uh, I saw her every day at work. Right. And, uh, but it, you know, that was more of a a work friend support. She was, she's not a mom. Right. So I didn't have that component to it, but I did have mama friends. Yes. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. So you've
1: got some support there. Mm-hmm. But then, um, you know, life is happening. Yeah. And uh, things didn't quite turn out as you had expected. So why don't you talk right. a little bit about that?
0: Yeah. So when I had my son. Things started um, going downhill with my ex husband. Um, You know, he had wanted children, he said, but then when it actually came to the parenting, I was the only one doing the parenting. And I was also working and doing everything in the house as well all the cooking and the cleaning. And as the years wore on, that uh, led to a lot of resentment between us, a lot of fighting and yelling, and um, just to the point where I was avoiding my own husband. And uh, you know, I've heard so many stories about people that stay in marriages for their kids. And, you know, I stay in it for the kids, I stay in it for the kids. So I kept staying in it for the kids. And then it got to the point where it was like, this is not an example of love in marriage that I want my kids to grow up thinking is normal, mm-hmm. uh, where, you know, literally your parents can't stand each other. And so I finally got to that point in 2018 where I said, you know, this is, I just can't continue on like this. I had a medical problem that I had struggled with since the delivery of my daughter as well that uh, didn't allow me to sleep. And I was in chronic pain and just everything just kept building and building. And so I finally, um, you know, asked for a divorce in 2018. And at the time, you know, it was really, really difficult on my kids and on myself and on my ex. Um, But in the long run, I mean, I have a beautiful life now and I, it it gave me a lot more clarity on what I'm willing to accept in a partner, what I'm willing to accept in a co-parent. And if I had not had the experiences that I had, even though a lot of that was negative, I wouldn't be where I am today. Right. And it made me a lot stronger in um, my self-care routine. Um, You know, when I became a single mom after my divorce, I had half the time without my kids. I had never had that. And so I'm like, okay, what do I do with myself, right? And that's when I became uh, went down that path of self-healing and looking at uh, non-traditional therapies and, you know, claiming me again. Because when we become moms, I'm sure a lot of people can relate to this. I, you know, when I was at home, I wasn't Emily. I was Yuri's mom. I was Lily's mom. And there was no me a lot of the time. And I lost so much of that along the motherhood journey, which happens a lot, but you know, we have to realize like we're better mamas when we take care of us, Right. and we're better wives, and we're better women. And I had completely forgotten that, and so it was a lot of rediscovery of who I was as a person, yes, not just
1: as a mama, yes. And and I think that's something that um, you know, you ought to look up the term matrescence if you're listening. Mm-hmm. Uh, matrescence is it's essentially like adolescence. You're going through a transition, right? And in matrescence, when you have Mm -hmm. a a new baby, you're having to, to figure out who you are now as a mama, you know, you're not the same person. You are the same person that you were before in some ways, but Mm. not, not in most, because now you have this tiny human, Mm -hmm. you have different responsibilities Mm -hmm. and you have just a completely different Mm -hmm. view on life. I think most of the time, um, and so discovering who you are and what you need
0: on the other side of that. Well, and I'll add, when I got divorced, I turned 42 months later. Gotcha. So, cause I didn't have my kids till my thirties. And so, you know, a lot of women in this perimenopause time, it's all about rediscovering who we are. Right. And some of us are done mothering by that time. And some of us have just started and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm about to turn 45. So I'm kind of in the middle of it, but, um, yeah. So it added on to the fact like, oh, OK, I'm divorced and now I'm 40 and I'm a single mom and I only work part time. And oh, let's throw in COVID coming. And it, it was a lot. Did did anybody share with with you anything during that time frame that you were
1: going through? Mm-hmm. Anything that was helpful or maybe anything that wasn't?
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, I had a lot of people. And I, I say this to people now and at the time it's like, really? But they tell, you know, they'd say, oh, it's it's going to like it's really dark right now. You have to go through that dark tunnel. But on the other, other side, that light is wonderful. And what you want is coming. Yeah. But when you're in that tunnel, it's really hard to see the light. And so I'm in the light now, but. It's it it's you know and I say that same thing to people now and they look at me like whatever easy for you to say you have this great life your own business a new marriage and your kids are healthy and all that and I do but I didn't used to have that. Right. You know it's all it's all a process and the light's so much better when you go through that darkness because like I said earlier it makes you appreciate and refine what you're willing to accept in yourself and in others based on what you've had before. Absolutely. And I think it also,
1: you know, it serves to, it's something that we can share. You know, Mm -hmm. we've talked about that on the podcast multiple times in the fact that your story matters and that you have that and you've walked through that and Mm -hmm. now you're able to help someone else. Just like you said, I've told other people that now because you've been through it and you've been there. And so it's difficult to see Mm -hmm. in that moment. Oh, I heard a quote. Who was it? Oh. (laughs) <laughs> dang you gotta remember on I spot. yeah i'm not gonna remember but anyway he essentially said that he was in acting school mm-hmm. and that d- there was this scene and he was supposed to walk in the door mm-hmm. but previously the guy had accidentally gotten a chair lodged in the door so he couldn't get it open or something and so when he was trying to figure out what to do next mm-hmm. because the chair did the door wouldn't open um he talked to the actor afterwards and he was like You need to learn to use the difficulty, use the thing, you know, it's in the way, obviously there's Mm -hmm. a chair there. How can you use that to Mm -hmm. your advantage based on what you need? Mm -hmm. And so using that difficulty, and I've really Mm -hmm. thought about Mm -hmm. that a lot this week, as far as, you know, the difficulty we have in our lives, if we can shift it just enough to go, okay, how
0: can I use this Mm -hmm. difficulty to Mm -hmm. move forward? And I firmly believe that nothing happens by coincidence. I feel like everything does happen for a reason. And it may not seem like a good reason at the time, but everything does happen for a reason. And there was a reason I went through all of that. Yeah. Um, and I uh,
1: I want to keep going with that reason. So let's let's <laughs> keep on moving towards um, where you are now. Yeah. And um, so, again, you were doing nurse practitioning, but mm. you had a shift there. So tell me about what was the shift and what led you to the business that you have now?
0: Yeah. So I think and I won't go into the details of it, I had a chronic health problem start. It started with my son's pregnancy and then resolved between the pregnancies and flared up again after my daughter and it never went away. And I tried um, all the traditional treatments at the time, like surgery and medications and um, everything that they could think to give me and nothing worked. And so I finally decided I was desperate enough to try the woo-woo stuff, the alternative stuff, (laughs) the the stuff that actually works. Um, And I went down that path and I started doing uh, like women's retreats. I started a morning meditation practice that I still do every morning. I started seeing an acupuncturist. I started, um, I had always practiced yoga, but more yoga, breath work. Um, I started working with Reiki practitioners and energy healing, you know, all these things that are very mainstream in other countries but are not here. Right. And and I just really started to work on myself a lot because, as I said, I had – my kids were gone half the time and I was by myself, like, what do I do with myself? Well, how about I heal myself? Yeah. And so I started doing all of that. And, I mean, literally just getting debra- uh, divorced and away from a, a marriage that was very unhappy probably resolved 70% of my symptoms just in doing that, which told me a lot of it was emotional and mental and, for me, spiritual. And I was just in a situation and an environment that was not healthy for me. Right. And so um, eventually, you know, within a year, I had completely taken myself off the one medication I had been on for it that kind of helped, whereas I had tried years before many times and could never do it. And I literally just quit. I just wow. quit. And I'm not saying I never have any issues anymore, but it's exceedingly rare and there just really wasn't the reason traditional medicine wasn't helping me is because it wasn't actually anything physical. It was my body showing me symptoms and trying to tell me things, but it wasn't physical in cause if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And that's where my practice comes from is that there's so much our symptoms in our bodies are manifestations often of emotional, mental, spiritual things that are out of alignment or, or that, you know, past trauma, um, things like that. And it's our body trying to speak to us and our body whispers, but if it whispers and whispers and whispers and we keep ignoring, it's going to start screaming and it will bring you to your knees. It will bring you to the ER. It will bring you to a crisis to get your attention. And so I practice, I, you know, I don't ignore the physical, but it's never just physical. Like we are, we are complex spiritual beings and to, to, Get complete holistic healing. You have to address all those levels. You can't just say, oh, you have a headache. Here, take some ibuprofen. Okay, there's more to it than that. Right Now, I'm not saying like, you know, if, I, if I'm if i in a car wreck today and like my arm gets chopped off, please take me to the hospital to a surgeon <laughs> right. and let them try and put it back on. Like that's completely a Western medicine kind of thing. Yeah, But for like 85% of other things, it, it's not – it's not going to get you healed. It's not going to get you back to your ultimate health because it's not addressing it all.
1: Yeah. And I, I think that there's definitely, you know, we have our traditional Western practices mm-hmm. of we go, we get diagnosed, we get mm-hmm. the pill, we take it yep. home and we feel better. It's a bandaid, but it's, yeah, it's a bandaid oftentimes. And, and I'm so grateful for those band-aids because a lot of the times they have like, I mean, right. you know, helped yeah, I mean, me survive they'll help in the short term. Right. But
0: then it, you have side effects from those. You have, um, I mean, gosh, especially the side effects from medications are just yeah. insane. But I think there's, you know, I think there's a place for both. There is, a And place. I
1: think that um, it's super important that we, you know, I think we, with so many things in mm-hmm. life, We don't have all the answers, right? Right. Medicine is a practice, just like we're trying to figure Mm -hmm. out what is the best way to, you know, teach our kid a certain thing. Well, for some kids, this works. For some kids, this works. We've got to look at all the different ways and figure that we don't have it all figured out.
0: Yeah. And and so... (laughs) <laughs> I meet people where they're at is what I say. You know, if you want traditional, like there's a million places in town that, right. that have traditional and that's where you're at. If that's where you're at in your journey. I mean, if you had talked to me 20 years ago, I'd be like, give me all the pills. Right. Give me all the things. Like, I don't want to think about it. I don't want to deep dive into my emotional life. I, You know, I just wanted the quick fix. Yeah. And so it's, you know, I do have patients that are like that. I, I mean, I'd say it's like 5% of my patients because, again, you can get that anywhere. Right. Um, but for those of us that are looking at it more broadly and holistically and maybe they – unfortunately, I get a lot of last resorts. Like, I've been everywhere and yes. I've done everything and you're the only one that's left. <laughs> and then, I mean, what I what I recommend helps. Yeah. But I'm seen as the last resort. Right. Because it's not per se covered by Blue Cross and Blue Shield. Right. um. And 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 that's really sad to me. But I think it's I think the tides are changing. I think a lot more people are looking for something different and mm-hmm. something holistic. And they're they're waking up to the fact that like okay, I'm I'm a really complicated person. Yeah, for and, sure. You know, spending five minutes with somebody that's just going to prescribe me a pill is not right. really understanding what's happening in my body and in my life. Yes, and I love that you look deeper into that as far as yes, what's actually the root of this. Mm-hmm. Um, and we
1: talked about you know Adrian one of our And past I met guests. her. She
0: came to my office and we had a nice
1: chat. She's so great. Mm-hmm. So we've talked about, you know, that on that episode right. about just getting to the root of the problem mm-hmm. and not just putting a band-aid mm-hmm. on it. And I will say we did skip over a little bit more of your story cuz I oh. wanted to I wanted to jump into talking more about your business. Um
0: yes. but we did skip over like the whole, you know, you got remarried. And <laughs> I did. Yeah, during yeah, I did a lot during the pandemic. So I I got divorced like I said in the fall of 2018. I didn't want to start dating right away, but I decided on New Year's Day, sure, like, why not? Let's just see what happens. And so I joined some online dating apps and met a lot of frogs. Frogs? <laughs> yeah, not so great. That, again, you know, I talk about you get to that, like, I knew what I had had in the past, and I knew I did not want it again. Right. So I was, it was a very quick, yeah, no, you're out. No, you're yep. out. No, you're Okay, you're really cute, but no, you're out. Um, and so I met my current husband in April of 2020. 20 no 2019 sorry and um wonderful wonderful like oh my gosh we always say like why couldn't we have met 20 years ago you know um so he was a single dad with a little girl and um we decided when everything kind of hit the fan in the spring of uh 2020 uh he moved in with me with his daughter and i was the stay-at-home teacher with the three kids and his daughter um She has, she had, I couldn't understand her at all when we moved in together. She was five. She has severe speech uh, issues and a lot of anxiety from um, trauma when she was younger, and some more that uh, is going on with her biological mom. And so I became a stepmama too, also during COVID, with my own two children who were still trying to figure out the divorce thing. And then, oh, now there's stepdaddy kind of here living with us. And uh, we got, uh, we got moved in together in March of 2020 and got engaged, and then we decided to get married in Big Spring Park with a neighbor who was a notary republic, and we just signed it in Big Spring Park and got married. Um, we had a ceremony in October of that year, but um yeah, and we you know kept doing the stay at home thing. And then I went to a yoga class in May of 2021 and just had this epiphany in the middle of a yoga class that I should start my own business because I had continued to look for jobs online you know, during that whole year staying home with the kids. And I could never find anything that was a good fit because I was looking for something that didn't exist, what I was going to create. And so for whatever reason... I was enlightened with this idea in a yoga class, and I told another friend of mine that was there with me, who's a nurse practitioner, I told her about it, and she goes, well, thank God you finally figured that out. She said, we could have told you that years ago. <laughs> I was like, well, I didn't know. You know, especially I was single and only worked part-time. I was like, I can't afford to start a business. But then this wonderful man came into my life, and we got married, and he has a great job. And so- I was able to do it. I was able to follow my dream. And that's where Womb Space Healing Center came about. Um, I came up with the name because Uterus Healing Center doesn't really sound that great. No, I would say probably yeah. not,
1: not the same yeah. ring to yeah. it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Our, or like Vagina Clinic. None of these are really great names. No, I don't think I'd swing you by the Vagina go there. Clinic. <laughs> but it is our Womb Space. It's where we create life. It's where we create ideas. And um, so Womb Space Healing Center sounded great to me. And so I opened August first of twenty twenty one in Madison. I love that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So awesome. Um, and so I want to talk a little bit about
1: your, um, you know, your practice. Some of the things that are as you know, as you said, a bit woo woo, mm-hmm. a bit mm-hmm. different than our normal practices um, that we use here. And so I want to s- all the traditional, all the traditional, I do all the traditional yes. as well. Yes, which is great because it's an all in one. You get, mm, that's you know, right. you get. What you need and you also get what you need that you didn't even know you needed. That you didn't even know. Yeah. Right. So um, I want to talk first about flower essences because you were trained to
0: do this Mm -hmm. certified. Mm -hmm. Tell me. Tell me about that. So that came about. That was something I forgot to mention back when I was having that health crisis. That was another thing that I uh, had a practitioner use with me. And so most people are familiar with like herbal supplements and tinctures, right. teas, things like that, even um, essential oils. Mm-hmm. So they are made from a physical part of the plant, okay? Right. So when you use herbal medicine, which I do use a lot of herbal medicine, um, you do have to be wary of, you know, someone's allergies. Are they taking any prescriptions that could interact with? Can they be allergic? Things like that. Um, but when you're working with flower essences, they're not... A physical part of the plant. So, this is where you have to, you know, get on board with me that we have souls, right? We're not, I mean, at least I feel we have souls, we're unique. Um, And so, plants, you know, our pets, anything that's living on the planet has an essence or a soul to it. And those properties, that medicine is different than like the physical part of the plant. So flower essences, if people are familiar with Reiki, working with your chakras and blocked energy, that's where acupuncture comes from. They're putting these needles in different meridian points to help move stagnant and um, blocked energy. So that's flower essences. I call them the emotional pooper scoopers (laughs) because, you know, say you go to a traditional uh, doctor's office and you say, like, I have really bad anxiety. Tons of people have anxiety. Okay, well, here's your prescription. that they don't care why you're anxious, right? They don't, they just want you to, you know, take your pill and not bother them. For me, it's okay. You have, you came to me, you have anxiety. Okay, well, let's figure out why you have anxiety. Let's go all the way back to your childhood. Like what has happened to you along the way? Because you don't go to bed, all rainbows and unicorns and sunshine and wake up the next morning having panic attacks. Like that just doesn't happen. Um, and so it's to get to that root. And to emotionally pooper or scoop it out. And so then we're healing the root cause of, say, your anxiety. And then you don't have anxiety anymore.
1: So, so do you talk about this like in your
0: sessions as far as almost like a counselor
1: you would discuss right, that
0: with? Right. And it is sort of like a counseling session. And, you know, I tell people, yes, in nursing school, I had psychology courses, but I am not a licensed counselor. Um, I'm not a psychiatrist. And so... Um, it is in, in some ways that, that way, but I ask, I ask things that maybe no one else is going to ask, um, in particular, and this kind of goes to my, um, training with Huntsville crisis services. I want to know about trauma and I have very sadly been schooled in the fact that I am in the minority because I have not had any kind of trauma. Um, nine out of 10 women that come to me with a gynecological problem, they've all had some kind of trauma. Whether that's physical abuse, sexual abuse, rape, um, even just uh, having abortions, um, you know, date rape. I mean, there's there's so many, and some of them, all of the things I'm mentioning. Right. And to think that those have no impact on their special womb space, I think is laughable because it does. Yeah. Like, our body keeps the score. We hold our emotions in our body. Oh, absolutely. And when someone has been violated and traumatized in that way, it's going to it's going to affect them. I, I honestly, and, and the more I read and the more I you know, there's a lot of holistic people I follow um, on social media, you know, things like endometriosis, PCOS, infertility, they should be exceedingly rare and they are exceedingly common this in this day and time. Right. Because of all the the things that have happened and continue to happen to women. And so, you know, you can go to the doctor and and you know they can diagnose you with PCOS and they can give you a birth control pill. But that's not really fixing why their body's doing what it's doing. And so when people come to me, I'm looking at it. Okay, yeah, we have the physical part, but we also need to address the emotional part. So what what's happened in your life? And there's always something, yeah, if not a mm-hmm. multiple multitude of things. right? And it's not until we address all those things that we get healing. So the flower essences would probably be the most quote unquote woo-woo thing I do. yeah. But um, when I do a consult with a patient, whatever she comes in for, I... I tell them I lay it out like a buffet. And I, you know, all if you think all of it's crazy, that's fine. It's your body, it's your journey. But I think if you're here sitting talking to me, you're looking for something different. Um honestly, most of the time it's like, Oh, I wanna try like ten things you just told me. And I say, Okay, no, we you gotta slow down. Let's do like one or two. <laughs> a little at a time. Let's do one or two, because if you try ten at one time, we don't really know which one's serving you more. And unless right. you're independently wealthy and can just spend like millions of dollars, then, y- you know, we need to, because every, like you said, everyone's different, right? right? We all have different bodies. So, you know, I could have five women in front of me with, with endometriosis, but they're not all going to respond the same to all these different right. treatments. Of and course. so it's figuring out where that lands for each person.
1: Yeah.
0: And, and so I took from your website um,
1: <laughs> just for a little more um, definition It says flower essences are liquid, energetic medicine Mm -hmm. derived from flowers, plants, and trees. Um, And then a little bit later, it says basically a flower essence helps shift and move deeply held patterns or beliefs imprinted in childhood that are now affecting us into adulthood. Yes. And so... It says they have used been used for centuries in ceremony yes. mm-hmm. for spiritual development mm-hmm. and to heal. So although this is not something... You I know, didn't I invent it. I don't know that I've heard of flower essences before I mm-hmm. met you. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously, this is a practice
0: that has yeah. been used for quite a long time. It has. Um, just like herbs and, and many of the other things on my website that I think you're going to bring up. I, I didn't invent any of these. Right. I do make some of my own flower essences. Uh, many of them I've gotten from my teacher who I got the certification from. She had a company... And some other trusted suppliers. Um, but you can actually make your own now as how do well. You,
1: how do you make them? Because you said it doesn't come from a... Yeah. yeah what is well, that? Well,
0: so... um Oh, gosh. How do I make this really simple? So I could be out on a hike. Okay. And I just see this really pretty flower or something. Um And I can make flower essence from that. Now, you don't want to get... You know, you don't want to stop on the side of a road and pick a flower where there's been exhaust and trash and all this stuff on it. You want something very... Clean And, um, you know, without pesticides and things like that. And so you actually, my process is I sit with that plant, I draw it, and I just kind of hang out for a bit. And I see, and, and it's gonna, this is gonna sound woo woo, but I see what, what it tells me it can help with. And I just, I just get that message and I get that download and I say, okay, all right, I'm going to take you home. So I, I always have paper towels with me on, a, on my hike because you don't want to get the oils from your fingers on it. And you take, say the leaf or the flower, or whatever you want to take, you take it home and you put it in a bowl of water out in the sun. You leave it for three hours and that essence of that plant will go into the water with the help of the sun. And then when you're done, you take the flower out. I usually dry that and I'll use it, um, i'll I'll flare it back in the yard or whatever rather than just throwing it in the trash because to me that's disrespectful to the to the plant like thank you for what you're giving me and that water is then that's the essence the flower essence and so you put it in a bottle and you preserve um each bottle has a tiny bit it's going to sound funny tiny bit of brandy in the bottom not to get you snockered but it helps keep bacteria from growing and just preserves it um but it's it's pure spring water i get in glass bottles and i use a glass bowl and um that's how you create it and i'm also very you know i don't sit there and watch it for 3 hours that would be kind of hard to do right <laughs> but i try to be mindful about what i'm doing while that is processing like i'm not out you know i might go do some yoga i might read you know check on it on and off you know basically i'm not I'm not out like running errands or exercising um, because I'm, I want my energy and my intentions to be clear when that's being created. And that's how you collect it. Um, it, And when you, you know, you can go online and Google flower essences and and just order you want. No, I mean, you can just order, you can order them, but you're not going to, that's not, you know, we talk about how everyone's different, right? So you could say like, oh gosh, I'm really anxious. I want to try something like flower essences. So I'm going to Google flower essences for anxiety. And there's many. Um, And you could get it and you could take some and it might help you. But working with a practitioner like myself that's had the training, I actually make a formulation with five or six essences in it to help you. And I'm getting to the why are you anxious, not Mm -hmm. just a blanket. This one's for anxiety because I can see five different women for anxiety. They all get five different formulas different because things. they have different bodies and different experiences so if i have someone listening who says mm-hmm. okay emily like <laughs> i'm
1: on i get what you're saying mm-hmm. you know i i think there's some some room for different treatment or different things but i'm not so sure about this flower mm-hmm. essences what what would you say to them
0: that's totally fine yeah yeah
1: is I, there any i mean anything that you would encourage them to try or or read or
0: anything to um there are i mean there are some books but really what i tell people is you know honestly i don't get a lot of people that say that because once i explain it and i've one of my questions i ask them on my intake form is do you have any form of trauma which again nine ten nine times out of ten there's a yes there it it lights up like as soon as i start talking about it and trauma they're like oh yeah, I can totally see why why my rape when I was 16 has something to do with my chronic pelvic pain, you yeah, know? Yeah. like it, It's like a light bulb goes off. And so they might think it's woo-woo and weird, but because they've made that connection with what I've said, and again, often they're at that last resort, Right, they are willing to try it. They're like, I'll try anything. Like, I'm not on board with this making sense right now. Yeah, yeah. But I'm on board with trying whatever you think helps. And I do have so many stories of women that have come to me that it has helped And so, you know, I'll relay those to them as well, Um, you know, because it it helps us. Oh, like, okay, this person sounds just like me. Right. And she's better. Right. Yep. That makes sense. Yeah. So um, I I also want to talk about, again, like
1: you said, um, not using what did you call it? The Vagina Center or something?
0: Yeah, clinic.
1: (laughs) The clinic, yeah, Vagina Clinic. Don't stop by here. Um, You also probably would not use Vagina crystals. No, right. So we've come up with. You could
0: say Vagina steams, but I think uh, Yoni is a much better word. Yeah. So it's a um the Sanskrit word for for vagina, which is actually uh, another way of saying sacred passage, which I think is pretty amazing, right? Like we we birth children through there. It is a sacred passage. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So. and again, I didn't make these up. So uh, yoni steams are herbal steams for the vagina. So I tell people think about um, you know when you go get a facial and they use the steaming thing on your face and how good it feels. That's it. Literally feels like a facial for down there. I know that sounds funny, but it does. But it's a mucous membrane. You know, our mouths are mucous membranes. You're not going to get any benefit from steaming your elbow. Like, there's nothing special about our elbow. But the vagina, you know, we have babies. We um, have sex. We it, it's, a, it's a unique area, and right. it is a very absorptive area. Um, I don't know if people – I date myself when I tell this story. But however many years ago – There were all these college kids that were soaking tampons in alcohol and then putting them in their vaginas or their rectums, and they were dying from alcohol poisoning.
1: Oh, my. And
0: the reason was because you bypass the stomach and the liver, and it's going straight into your bloodstream. So when people ask me, like, oh, that sounds crazy. How how does your vagina absorb the herbal medicine? That's how. That makes sense, because, like you said, bypassing those things. It's a direct. Directly into the bloodstream, so that's a really horrible story. But I'm just trying to make the point of that's why these things work. And so women, you know, back I mean, this has been since biblical times. They would have their little fire and they'd simmer their herbs over the, in a pot over the fire. And they actually, at that point, they would just have on the long dresses and they would just stand and put the dress around it and stand over the steam until the mm-hmm. steam went away. Um, and you know, there's different herbs for different issues. Like maybe someone needs healing after childbirth, or maybe it's an older woman with some dryness and discomfort. Maybe it's someone with chronic um, yeast infections. And so it's different herbs for those different things. Um, And these I recommend, I absolutely do not recommend douches because you're washing out your good bacteria. Right. Um, So that's an important point I want to make because there are a lot of herbal douches out there and, not, not the same thing. Not so, the same thing. So
1: I would also say with the story you just told us mm-hmm. and the fact that you're absorbing those things, you you mm-hmm. probably would need to be careful as far as what is going into this steam.
0: Yes. Yeah. So there are many online. I have some at my office that I've custom made with um, Jessica of Remedy Herbs and Low Mill because she's an herbalist. I am not. I always give people that disclaimer. I'm not an herbalist. I know a lot about them, but I'm not an herbalist. So she did her part for the herbs, and then I added some flower essences for particular issues. Um, and so, like I said, I, have, I even have one for conception to help women conceive. And so... Yes. You, you don't just want to throw anything in there.
1: And so tell me, so this is something you
0: do at home, I'm imagining. Yes, yes. Okay, so there tell are, us
1: about the process of what There that are
0: was. places around town that actually, I mean, in other parts of the country, there are places that you literally go and you do that. Oh, and they have like steam seats where you sit and there's like a little hole in it and you sit over the steam. Like um, a spa day. <laughs> yeah, I'm, and this may come in the future at my office. I just don't have any room right now. Um, so what I do, so I have um, – I got off Etsy. It's a plastic seat. For those of us that have had vaginal deliveries like myself, I um, remember the, the uh, sitz bath seats mm-hmm. that used to fit on the toilet and it yep. had the little basin. and it was spray water up. So there's no spraying of water. But uh, <laughs> mine looks like a plastic sitz bath seat that I got off Etsy for 20 bucks, but it has the little basin in the bottom. And so I simmer the herbs on the stove and then I pour that into the basin. And you do have to make sure you don't st- I I did scald myself the first time because I boiled it instead of simmering it. And you could have peeled me off the ceiling. I was like levitating. It was so bad. So please, ladies, you have to test the steam first. Um, But then I sit down on my toilet. I put a blanket over my lap. I read a book. I might play music. I mean, I just hang out for 15, 30 minutes till it stops steaming. And I mean, you can get super fancy. I mean, there are people you can get a three hundred dollar Yoni steaming seat on Etsy that's made out of cedar. And it's like this glorious throne. (laughs) I don't have the money or the room for that. Um, You can just be really basic. Or if you want to just use your pot from the stove and put on a long skirt, set it on the floor of your kitchen and stand stand over it. You can do that, too. You can do that, too. So it doesn't have to be expensive. So that's the process gotcha. for okay. those. Mm-hmm. Very
1: cool. Um, and then also tell us a little about Yoni crystals. You talked about that yes. some on your website.
0: So um, you can use these for a variety of things. Um, they come in different sizes. So think back, um, you know, like you go to a tradition. I'm going to give you one example. You go to a traditional office and you're like, hey, you know, ever since I had my babies. I, I pee on myself when I cough or sneeze or whatever. Um, pumpkin patch on that bouncy thing the other day. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> right. Or or I like I have other bladder issues. Like maybe I if I get that urge to go, I have to go like right then or right. I'm going to have an right. accident. Right. Um, or maybe it's just discomfort. Like I just feel this pressure. And on exam, they have a prolapse of their bladder or their uterus or something. So in that way you know, traditionally the doctor's going to say, well, go home and do your Kegels. But nobody shows you how to do them. There's a wrong way. There's a right way. Um, And that's not really very helpful. Like just go do your your Kegels. Physical therapy is great. I do refer women a lot for that. But the eggs, I feel like add this additional layer because it's something physically in your vagina that you're having to hold. And you do exercises with it to strengthen your pelvic floor. So rather than just say, go do your Kegel, I'm going to say put in this egg and do some squats or or whatever. Um, And they, like I said, they come in different sizes. And so the idea is you're not straining to hold something in there. You have enough pelvic strength, uh, vaginal tone to hold it in there. And yeah, these have been around since like ancient China, thousands of years ago. And then to get the added woo-woo layer, depending on what the crystal is, it can help with different things. So um, often the, the first one... Jade and um, rose quartz are probably the best to start with just because of their qualities. But um, the idea, it, they also increase um, blood flow to the area. They help with orgasm. I mean, who doesn't want a better orgasm? Um, <laughs> and uh, especially for women as they get older, a lot of times that, and not just older women that have had any kind of trauma, that the vagina is very desensitized and numb. And so it helps bring sensation back to that area as well again like having something physically there is different than just saying you know we could sit here right Right. now and go i'm doing my kegels not that that's horrible but this adds a whole nother layer to it and again you know traditional medicine oh you you pee on yourself well you need surgery right you need that mesh surgery with all of its consequences um and, and they most people don't Need that. Gotcha. This would be the thing to try before going that route. Surgery should be the last thing, and it's often the first thing. Right. And it's not just like, you know, going to check out a book at the library. There's a lot more (laughs) to it, and there's a lot of recovery time and consequences. And I feel like, you know, so many of these Western things that are recommended, like it sounds great when it comes out, but then it's like, oh, well, now, you know, there's all these lawsuits, and there's, you know, this and that. And, That's why it's like, don't jump on the bandwagon of immediately. The only solution is let somebody cut into my body. Right.
1: Yes. Well, um, so many great things you've talked about. And um, why don't you just Mm -hmm. give people, if they want to find you, find more about you, where where can they get
0: connected? Yeah. So my website is WombSpaceHealing.com. So pretty easy there. I'm located in Huntsville between Drake and airport exits. I'm at uh, 3315 Memorial Parkway, suite uh, 501. And uh, my office, you can contact me through Facebook, you can contact me through my website. My uh, listed business number is a business line through my cell. So I respond to text as well. Most of my patients text me because that's easier with two dogs and three children and running my own business i do not have assistance so if i don't answer the phone i'm with a patient um
1: but you'll get back to him yeah
0: i'll get back to you but i'm not gonna like stop the middle right of course to answer the phone but you know as long as it's prior to 8 p.m when i go down the road of trying to get everybody to bed every night i'll get back to you the same day perfect Um, And so I want to ask you the big question of the podcast. Mm. You've
1: been through a lot, lots of transitions, lots of growth in your life. Very busy.
0: Um, So what does success mean to you? I thought about this um, quite a bit, actually. Success to me as a mom is that at the end of the day, my kids feel loved and they know that they're a priority, especially since I only see my biological kids half the time. Um, As far as like in general, as a woman, especially as a practitioner, that my patients feel heard. Whether or not I had the answer is different, but just my, I'm successful if at the end of the day, everyone feels like, okay, she really listened to me and she really cares, which I do. And so um, also with that would be at the end of the day, my husband also feels the same, that he is important and he's loved. So it's it's finding that balance to where... Um, you know, at the end of the day, I'm like, okay, I've been i su- I've been a successful mom and a business owner today. I've done my best. And, you know, a lot of, I've, a lot, I've listened to your podcast and a lot of women say to raise, you know, tiny humans into adults that are kind. And, and that's absolutely true as well. You know, we, especially I have a son, you know, I mean, it seems to be easier with women, you know, with my two daughters, like t- t- to give examples of how to be a good woman and a good mom, but there's that da- the dads are the other part of the equation. So we have to raise better men. Yeah, you know, and you have to yourself to raise better men to support these women.
1: Right, for sure. Yeah, I love that. Such a good answer. Um, And, you know, if you listen to the podcast, you know that I always like to wrap up at the end with some quick questions. So why don't you tell us first, what is your coffee order?
0: So as I told you before we started, caffeine is not my friend. Um, I love coffee, but caffeine does not love me. Right now, this time of year, my favorite is the pumpkin spice latte uh and decaf of course if it is not fall then it would be a chai tea latte um yeah love that Mm -hmm. all the pumpkin all the pumpkin that's my
1: favorite and the only tea that i will drink is chai tea fun fact i'm a southern girl who hates tea tea tea. wonderful yes but i i do like a good chai tea um, okay.
0: Question number two, how clean mm. does your house stay on a scale of one to 10? <laughs> I forgot you asked that question. <laughs> it depends on whether my kids have been there that week or not, because we have, the dogs go back and forth with the kit, with my kids to my oh, ex-husband. You've got joint so we like have the joint dogs. custody of the dogs because the kids are so in love with the dogs. They don't want to be separated. I so everyone that. travels in a pack. So when the the dogs and all the children, so we have three kids at one time there, um, maybe like a four mm-hmm. uh, the week that they're not there. That's when I clean. So it's, it's pretty clean. I'd say like eight. So you've got like your reset
1: week in there. Yeah, and we have a reset again. week.
0: It's like, okay, it's time. To, the dogs are gone. We can clean up all the dog hair and pick up all the stuff. And
1: yeah, love it. All right. Number three, what is a book or
0: show you have recently loved? Um, I read. So, well, can I give a book and a show? Yeah. So I just finished a book called little fires everywhere by Celeste I don't know how you say her last name because it's two letters it's NG okay and it was it's a fiction yeah. uh book but it was fantastic and then I'm currently watching with my husband on Netflix Travelers mm-hmm. and it have you heard of? I've this not one? heard of this we've, we've we, t- we yeah, tend to ahead. like like the sci-fi kind of stuff so it's it's our current day, but there are people, travelers, that come in and at the time of someone's death, their consciousness takes over that person and they're trying to... So the future is really bad, like mankind is ending. And so they're coming back in time to try and change things in history so that we don't end up in this terrible um, outcome many years later. And it's, it's really fascinating. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Very good. Yeah. Um, okay. Number four, what yeah. is the most random item in your purse? Oh, my God. I might have to think about what's in my purse. (laughs) Probably because of what I do for a living, I carry a little um, compact like CPR (laughs) Uh mask and all that in case I like come upon an accident and I can give someone CPR. That's probably pretty random.
1: That's a good thing to have.
0: I mean, it is. I haven't had to use it, but it's been in there for for like 20 years. So
1: yeah, that's awesome. Well, Emily, thank you. This has been so much fun. Such yes. a good conversation. And I love, you know, you're sharing your insight and all of that. And um, Mama, thank you for listening. We will see you next week on the Successful Mama podcast.
0: Thanks for having me.
1: Thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Successful Mama podcast. For more information, head on over to SuccessfulMamaPodcast.com, where you can find show notes and all the links mentioned in today's episode tap that share button and remember to tag at successful mama podcast and make sure to go leave a review. It really does help. A special thanks to Will Carruthers until next time. Remember mama success looks more than one way and it's up to you to define it.